Welcome to Hiraith, the home of modern Welsh politics. Adam Price has announced that he will resign as leader of Plaid Cymru. Following the damning Project Ebalb report released last week into Plaid's problems with misogyny, sexual harassment and workplace culture, we can now expect a leadership election over the summer, while Clear Griffith stands in as interim leader. While many will be focused on the political manoeuvres, and I am sure we will discuss those too, at the core of tonight's discussion are those people that spoke to Neris Evans in her report. Whoever emerges as leader will not only need to inspire the members, but also ensure that the reforms promised are carried out, and the bravery of those who came forward is not forgotten. Joining me, Matt Hexter, to talk about everything that's happened in the last week or so, as always, is Kerry Davis. Hello, Kerry. Evening, Matt. Evening, Rich. He gave it away there, and Richard <laughs> Martin. Hello, Rich. How are you? Hey. Hey, chaps. Rich, uh, as our resident, you know, Clyde bod, would you mind um, giving a brief summary of sort of how we've got to where we are now with, with Plaid Cymru? I mean, it's a sorry, it's a sorry tale, and uh, it is absolutely infuriating that here we are. Instead of talking about, you know, contributions to the civic and political life of Wales, which is the whole point of Ply Cymru, we're talking about failures um, on behalf of Ply Cymru, and specifically in recent times, the leadership of Ply Cymru. We all know, and we have had on as guests in the past, people who have shared insight into the rumblings of discontent in the Senate group at Ply Cymru, and some of these predate even Adam Price's leadership. They pre, you know, they existed in um, Leanne Wood's era as well. And, um, you know, I myself personally know a number of people that have been part of the Ply Cymru machine and have since left. And ultimately, this was bubbling away. And at some point, everyone knew that it would come to the surface the way that it came to the surface, as you said, Matt, is a report written by a former guest on the podcast, Neris. As I understand, they published a an uh, an eighty plus point summary, full summary of the report, published the whole report into the public domain. Um, and in addition, there was other comments that uh, came out either via personal statements or via journalists in Wales, and. You know, the Hiraith group chat has been alive with debate on this subject for some time. And I, for a long time, was convinced that this point was coming, That, but ultimately we wouldn't necessarily have this moment that we're talking about today of Adam Price having stepped down and an interim leader being put in place. But here we are. And, and you know, if if I sound a bit stilted, it's because I'm genuinely livid with a party and a party leadership that has for years not acted when it should have acted and has contributed to its own downfall. Um, and through all of that time, there have been volunteers, members, staff members, and you know supporters across Wales, most of whom have no idea what has been going on, even now have no idea what's going on. And the party leadership in the Senate, and, and I would say that it is confined to the Senate group and it is not the uh, UK Parliament group or the the local government group, they just have not taken the responsibility that they should have done. It's an absolute, absolutely disgraceful position that they found themselves in. And here we are, this week comes to a head um, and Adam Price 
I don't think I'm alone in thinking this. I thought for a long time there was an almost Johnsonian tendency to refuse to acknowledge political gravity. Uh, and I thought that things were going to continue for some time. But thankfully, somebody stood up um, and um, was counted. And uh, here we are. As you alluded to there, Richard, in our group chat over the last week or so, you were uh, probably the most adamant that you didn't think there would be much change to the status quo, whereas me and Kerry had a, a funny feeling that, that something may happen. Kerry, what was your assessment of, of everything that's happened in the last week? I, I, I've got to say, I've got to say, I, I struggle with this. I'm even uncomfortable doing the pod so it's it's so fresh and raw and i i can't get away from the people and i think we know some of the people who've discussed what's happened and you know i can't get away from what they've been through and for some of them it's been over a number of years it's been things that have come out in social media people are obviously very distressed about what's happened um, there was a post last week I saw about a previous chief exec who's experienced bullying. I'm a very irreverent person, and the gravitas of this I, I do struggle with a little bit. And it puts Clyde in a really, really difficult position. And although, you know, we joke again the irreverence, I, I'm on with the Green Party for a lot of my political life, I was supporting Clyde. And it was only when I had the ability to get more involved in politics, it was only through a, a blow of the wind on one particular or a few particular areas where I went green instead of plied. And um, uh, today, I, I'm quite grateful that I did because since I have been involved in politics, the plied kind of governance and oversight structure has been really, really poor. And I, I, I find it not... A negative towards Plaid as a lot in Wales will be. I find it really quite sad that you know one of our great political institutions it finds itself in this particular position. I definitely didn't think that there was going to be any immediate change um, following the publication of the report, and actually, that's borne out if you read the letters and the correspondence between Chair and um, former leader Ply Cymru. I don't think anybody thought that there was going to be any change, which was itself part of the problem. And, you know, I hadn't been expecting that to be the case because that's what I thought would be a, a good outcome. Actually, I thought that was just going to be the case because that's based on the, the dynamics involved. That's what it was going to be. But as you said, Matthew, the leaks changed everything and the mounting pressure changed everything. And I think it was, it was that combined effort that changed the circumstance so what happened and what was involved in those leaks and what do you what do you think was the salient element of them that really tipped the balance I'll get, I, I will get on to the leaks eventually uh, Rich but I just want to focus very very briefly on something you said which is the the resignation letter of Adam Price last night and um it I, I found it very striking that uh Essentially, he was saying in that letter that he had wanted to resign, or at least allegedly he'd wished to resign when the Project Ibao report came out last week, but he was talked into not doing so by uh, Mark Jones, who's the chair of the Plaid Cymru NEC, by the author of the report, Nares Evans, and also by the Plaid Cymru uh, Westminster leader, Liz Savile-Roberts, which I just found you know, a hugely striking piece of information. 
But going back to it, this is last last week, last this this recent weekend, Saturday gone, Saturday night gone. It came out that there had been leaked text messages, um, le- leaked text messages between Plaikermi MSs and Plaikermi staffers, uh, in which a number of Plaikermi MSs had seemingly, at the very least, failed to give their full support to to Adam. But it seemed as though they had, you know, lost confidence in his leadership. A number of these messages had, had gone back. A number of months, so it's sort of indicative of the feeling within the Ply Cymru group that Adam was not necessarily best placed to deal with the whole the whole situation relating to um, the culture that had developed in the party, or and, and eventually again, obviously the recommendations, and there was a feeling that he was not the person to, uh, at least by looks of it, within the Senate group, not the person to take forward the the report and implement it. And I think it is important to note that from the report. That although the the summary report does not mention Adam by name, it does say that the situation has got worse since 2018, which is obviously the year that in which Adam was elected. So I can fully understand why a number of people were concerned after last week when it didn't appear as though Adam was going to resign. He said himself that he felt that he was the best person to implement these changes, but somehow simultaneously. Under his leadership, things had got worse. So I, I can really sit, you know, empathize and sympathize with the people who who were absolutely distraught at the end of last week. Uh, but I, but I do think these these leaks and the impression that they gave that Adam had lost the confidence of his Senate group were were kind of were, were very important in eventually building this pressure that 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 resulted in him feeling as though he couldn't he couldn't continue in that role uh, and then obviously we saw on i want to say tuesday night you know like five minutes before sharp end went out on the pre-record which i you know if the producer of sharp end is listening i bet they're still having some sort of flashback to their entire show being out of date but it came it martin shipton essentially wrote an article in nation that said he had decided to resign and then we had this very long drawn out process for another 24 hours where we saw that numerous meetings of the senate Plaid Cymru Senate MSs, and eventually very late night meeting of the Plaid Cymru National Executive meeting, and then eventually at about quarter to 11, the announcement that Adam was going to resign. Yeah, I think let's not beat around the bush with too much with this. Although it is not explicit in the report, the leadership of Adam Price was part of the problem. And Building on what Kerry said earlier, there has been a governance issue in Plaid Cymru for some time. In this, again, I keep, I have to stress in the Senate group specifically, and which I guess is also the leader's office in that regard. But as I understand it, and certainly listening to Liz Savile Roberts talking on Radio Four the other day, the 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 initial response to this report, which was damning, and you know, full credit to again, friend of the pod, Will Hayward. <laughs> was just screaming into the void about how damning this was and how little action or response there was from Plaid Cymru. I think the initial response within the party was, this is really bad. They published the report summary in, you know, I say the summary in full, uh, with a view to trying to be clear and transparent. And for whatever reason, there was a group decision that the most appropriate way forward would be would be to try and enact some kind of delivery on remedy, addressing the points in that report as a group 
you know, across the party without necessarily making personnel changes. No one knows what the outside of the room, what that what the base of that decision was. But it's sort of indicative of some of the problems that Ply Cymru has. You know, that itself as a problem, they have since corrected it and, you know, appointed a, an interim leader. And that the point of that interim leader, and, and you know, I'm as far as I'm aware, I don't know if this has been published, but as far as I'm aware, that lead that interim leader is standing as an interim leader only on condition that they then don't stand for the leadership. Is that correct? Is that is that in the public domain? I don't know. Yes, yes, that okay. is. That's correct. Yeah. Okay. So we basically now have an opportunity for Ply Cymru to genuinely act on the basis of that report. And they won't deserve the support of their own teams if they don't act on it. I just want to emphasise something about what you said really on, on Sheard. I mean, he gave an interview to Dros Guignot, Radio Cymru this week, this this lunchtime, uh, and he did emphasise that in his role as interim, he thinks he'll be able to sort of tackle some of the issues in, in a more firm manner than someone who, you know, would eventually want to actually be leader. Who would be courting support from yeah. and patronage. Would, yeah, absolutely. Would absolutely. be able to do, because he, he himself has no leadership ambitions beyond this period. So I think if he is tasked solely with making sure that the party that someone eventually takes over is in a better state, then that can only be beneficial for for the party, but most importantly, again, for the people who work and volunteer for it. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about what, what this means. There are a few kind of burning issues. I mean, obviously, uh, there is the continuation of the uh, work with the Welsh Government, the cooperation agreement. Uh, I mean, this is, this is as I, you know, uh, slightly uh, angrily tweeting uh, the hmm. other night, as I said, this is after the cleaning the stables moment. You know, what, what are the actual priorities for Plaid Cymru now? Do they want to keep the cooperation agreement going? Does the Welsh Government want to keep the cooperation agreement going? What does Plaid Cymru do in terms of potential future leadership and and arguably in in greater of greater importance is, is what degree of self-reflection is there in the party about what sort of party they are and want to be is the cooperation agreement going to survive this period my instinct is i think it will have to mark drakeford uh, is invested in the outcome of it and i think that i don't know particularly particularly well but from what i know of him i think he will want to see some of those outcomes that Ply Cymru has committed to as going ahead. Yeah, I mean, uh, just on the, the future of the cooperation agreement. So it's important to note that Mark Drakeford released a statement this afternoon um, that essentially said the cooperation agreement is an agreement between organisations rather than individuals. So, but he also did say that, of course, that in the light of developments, there will be a reval, you know, an evaluation of where we stand, essentially. But I, I don't think that anyone really thinks in there's going to be uh, a significant change to the to the operation of the agreements or the, the contents thereof. I think there has certainly been uh, disquiet in among certain Labour MSs, but I, I think that that has been. Not exclusively, but primarily reserved among the people who sort of weren't particularly keen on the cooperation agreement anyway. I know that they're, that uh, Labour MSs were meeting today 
So I'm sure they would have had discussions about the continued future of the cooperation agreement, but I can't see there being any significant changes to it there. And uh, the new the new chief whip uh, is an experienced hand at such matters. <laughs> uh, Jane Hutt, for those who have not uh, not seen, is now the the new chief whip re- replacing Don Bowden. Um, but the yeah, longest I, I... serving Labour cabinet, uh, ca- long longest serving wanna... Labour government minister. In history, yeah. Question probably. mark. Jane uh, Very likely. Uh, li- well, in in England, Labour have never been in power that long, Rich. So um, probably. I do think that the sort of there's a year and a half left to run on the cooperation agreement. We're sort of halfway through. Big ticket items still to come. Big ticket items still to come. Everything that requires money. You've seen a bit of scaling back over the last year or so. If you're if you're correct about clear and he's looking for sort of the outcomes-based approach to the cooperation agreement, then 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 certainly there's work to be done there. But I think the big ticket item we've all been sort of focusing on, uh, the, the sort of bedrock of why this cooperation agreement even exists is making sure that we can get Senate reform through. I mean, there's a, there's a, there's a statement next week on electoral reform in the Senate, so maybe we will see the sort of foundation, these are the, the, the green springs of that legislation coming soon. I personally cannot see an end to the cooperation agreement before that legislation passes. 100%. Well, I, at least I think that will be the intention unless something unforeseen. It's a fairly narrow lane is what, you know, what I would say. that It is a fragile beast and something could upset the apple cart if, if somebody wanted to. Um, and I suppose it will be a test of those Labour backbenchers in particular is how much apple cart upsetting are they up for? So we've got cooperation agreement. Um, and what other challenges have we got? You know, thinking about uh, Ply Cymru more permanent leadership. I, I can't see applied with there's any kind of thought on that. The next steps for me for Plaid are to just, you know, the reports are week old. It's to it's to step back, look at what's been said about the party, how it's governed, how it's structured, and rebuild. And I think the the political nature of what it wants to do is secondary for me in term, in the short term for what needs to come come next. It really is clear as interim leader has a massive job to implement. And I haven't read the, the report, but the 82 recommendations to implement those, and that doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen quickly. So the cooperation agreement will will continue as long as I suspect Mark Drakeford wants it to. And as you've said, it'll be there um, between the organisations as long as Mark wants it. But in terms of the political machinations, it, it, it's really a circle the wagons for Plaid, re, you know, rebuild that core which has been found to be so wanting uh, and then head towards the Senate elections with that kind of new leader, whoever that may be, and in terms of which side of the party will come to the fore and will they be able to expand into these kind of areas? I, I don't even think that's on the cards at the moment. Rich? I I, I, I actually think, unfortunately, Kerry, you know, there's, a, there's a general election, a UK general election this time next year, maybe a little bit later in the year. May could be later in the summer. 
Ply Cymru has to fight that election and it has to be ready on new boundaries. You know, it's it is partly a question of leadership, but it's also partly a, a question of the party just being on an election footing. And they have they have to restructure. I mean, and, and as I said, they don't have a huge amount of resources to be able to do it. It's not like the Conservatives or the Labour Party. Whoever is elected leader proper in the summer has to hit the ground running and very much hope that, you know, should clear, I mean, as inevitably will be the case, should clear not have been able to implement all of the recommendations of the, um, the Nero Severance report. I hope that he will continue to have some kind of role in terms of making sure that report is implemented, even once the new leader is in place, because that new leader has to focus on the future and the things that are to come. And they have to map out some kind of strategy because at the very least, they want to try and hold on to at least two seats in Westminster and potentially, um, you know, I, I would argue that Freen is possibly the leading challenger to Virginia Crosby and Ernest Morn, you know, find a way to support him in that campaign as well as fighting in every other constituency across Wales. So, um, you know, the, the unfortunately, there is not going to the world isn't going to stop for Plaid Cymru to sort itself out and get its house in order and deal with the very real problems. It has to do two things at the same time. They have to address the report. They have to make good on the recommendations in that report. And that is probably going to take, I would hesitate to say years, but possibly years. And in the meantime, the party has got to continue to operate. Yeah, I'd say it's it's very like the love him or loathe him, the Keir Starmer situation with the UK Labour Party. You sort of had to detoxify the party in the background whilst also dealing with day-to-day -day politics. And whoever becomes the next Plaid Cymru leader will, will have to do the same. So I, I really don't want to make light of, of everything that's happened, but it's, it is inevitable that we'll be on to the next thing really, really quickly. This is... This is something we've talked about, but so far this year, we've had the fallout of the WRU in terms of these kind of areas as well. I think a number of the FAW board were um, suspended in certain aspects and um, not to focus on other areas, but we've had, there's a Labour front bench story today. I haven't seen it, but I'm told there's one from yesterday I've missed. The history of the SNP with Alex Salmond as is in this area. You look at the Conservatives in Wales and at Westminster. There's these kind of issues. It's it's a society problem. You know, is it a particular political problem? You know, does the political bubble culture kind of create an environment where this kind of situation happens? I'm not sure, but Plaid have got a chance to really address what's been found in their kind of position. And I, I think that for the remainder of this year needs to be a priority, obviously looking at general uh, elections as well. But this has to be a, a focus for the new leader, I would think. But do you think the political bubble culture kind of creates scenarios where these kind of situations can occur more often than not? I think that it's not necessarily a political problem, although, of course, these issues do seem to be profligate in politics. I think it's a problem wherever there are power dynamics and vast differences in power dynamics within our society. And I think politics is particularly bad uh, for it. I mean, one, we hear about it a lot. 
but we've also seen it recently at the CBI. In politics, so much is to do with your relative position to X and Y and Z. The feeling that in political parties especially is you, you don't do anything that could potentially harm the party. So you see, you've seen historically a, a lot of people who only feel like they can come forward with with complaints years after, years later. There was a very famous one where uh, a Labour MP came forward, I want to say maybe a decade later, because when the uh, alleged incident happened, they weren't an MP, but the person who had occasioned the harassment was. And they had been fearful for their progression within the party, their reputation within the party. All these horrific power dynamics are at play all the time with these things. And I've seen it myself, people who who don't want to come forward because if they come forward, their part, their reputation within the party is ruined. And maybe there was a selection that they wanted to, to go for in a year's time or what have you. And that is, it's abhorrent and it, you know, it has to stop. But parties tend to be so defensive and have historically been so defensive that it can really have a, a, a negative impact on your reputation if you come forward. There is so much to do on this, and it is a plague on all our houses. Every political party has got a dark history in this area. There, there are ways we can do it. I think we need a complete reform of political HR. I mean, the Senate is significantly better than Westminster, but Westminster, basically every, every uh, MP's office runs like a, it's a little own small business. If you have a, a HR issue, the only person you can go to um, is usually the person who's occasioned the incident that caused the HR issue. So it, it is not a, a well-designed system. It has not been a historically transparent and accountable system. And unfortunately, staff members are incredibly replaceable. So like I said, going back to the very first bit of, the, of, of what I was saying to you, Kerry, I don't think... It is inherently a political problem. It is particularly bad in politics. But I think that goes straight back again to the fact that we are talking about an area with significant power dynamic issues. And I think that is what's fundamental to, to why this problem has been so profligate in politics. What does happen now in terms of the play process, Rich? Um, has that been communicated at all? Obviously, Clear now is interim leader. The rules of the party suggest that he can't um, put his name forward for long-term leader. But are we looking at a summer, a summer leadership campaign? Yeah, it will be the summer. I mean, the the, the Plaid Cymru is unusual in that it has, as part of its um, constitution, uh, leadership. Uh, the leadership can be contested every two years anyway, and it normally would stick to that cycle. And if you remember the somewhat um, uh, irregular situation around Leanne being challenged in 2018 for the leadership um, and the subsequent victory, um, which was fully within constitutional kind of party rules, um, but was considered to be, uh, you know, in was considered to be done in a less subtle way than might have anticipated. However, as with all of these things, the party can be responsive and will, although the, the, you know, it is so fresh, the rules haven't been clarified exactly how it will be run. My understanding would be that it would be a conventional Plaid Cymru leadership election at a point to, to be determined um, some point this summer. 
once I think they have uh, an understanding of about what the terms of uh, Lear's interim leadership are going to be and what would be a reasonable point at which to make that decision. And then, of course, we'll get into the point, you know, at, at some point there will be inevitably people will start declaring an interest in the near future. Um, we touched on it earlier that there are still, I think it's fair to say, two camps, although I slightly disagree with the framing that you have a, a, a somewhat left-wing uh, South Wales set of MSs and a more centrist, one would argue, um, rural um, set of MSs that might contend it. I think that there are also some relatively left-wing rural MSs that might also contest it as well. I was going to say, I, I'm sure I'm sure Mabon <laughs> will be on at us now for having suggested anything of the sort. Yeah, indeed, absolutely. So, um, so it's gonna it's gonna be difficult. This is not going to be like a normal election because I still think that there is a. Although there is an imminent UK general election, the big target for the party will be to try and stabilise, correct course and stabilise and be on a good footing to compete in 2026 when the expanded Senate is expected to be elected. Um, that will be seen as the, the test of success will be the party's performance in that election. Um, but but for the party there you know there has to be a period of self-reflection i don't think it's you know the ply Cymru is not like the conservative party at westminster where it will just churn through leaders and then be fully committed you know what is it uh, what's the phrase uh, uh an absolute monarchy regulated by regicide uh is the the, the phrase that's often bandied around that that's not ply Cymru. ply Cymru actually has to have some kind of identity and it has to have some kind of purpose you know sense of coherent purpose about what it is trying to do because what it can't do is be the competitor to the conservatives in rural wales you know or you know competitors with lib dems lib dems as was and the competitor to labor in the valleys on the same policy platform that just does not compute um and you know we've seen criticism of this and you know we mentioned Keir Starmer earlier you know you cannot in 2023 do what you might have been able to do in 1923 which is campaign as the same party on a totally different platform in different territories so it's actually best case scenario a period of creative destruction for Ply Cymru there has to be an acknowledgement that what has gone before has not gone well and there's actually an opportunity for renewal under good leadership and and also, you know, I I, th I don't think you can ignore the fact that the parliamentary group, the UK parliamentary group, although they're tiny, you know, there's only three of them at the moment, they've actually managed to enhance their reputation. Um, and I almost would encourage them to be more visible within the campaign than perhaps they would have been otherwise if it had been a regular campaign. So, yeah, we, do, election do... election in the summer. Do you think there's any chance of any kind of change in Plaid's constitution for its leader then? And um, it would be ironic if I think, well, one time Adam Price's suggestion of having a co-leader of male and female would be something that could develop. Or interestingly, and I only came up with this when you were just talking, that the leader of the party could well be someone who isn't a Senate member simply because I think to address some of the issues that the report has highlighted, it doesn't have to be that political leader within the Senate to take that kind of position. I, I don't think that there's going to be any change on the constitution with regards to leader, but I tell you what, there could it would be a wonderful, wonderful thing for Ply Cymru to do 
would be to accept that the governance structure of the party has been dysfunctional for some time and that there could be a role for either the members from local government or from the UK Parliament to play an act more active and visible role in that. Um, that would be very welcome from my point of view. But it, it would be against the very nature of Ply Cymru that sees the people of Wales, representing the people of Wales, as the primary purpose of the party for that leader not to be from the Senate group. I mean, that just would be inconceivable, I think. But um, I do think that, you know, if if the party is willing to think creatively and honestly with itself, that there could be a role for people from other parliaments and local government um, uh, uh, and maybe not co-leadership. I mean, you know, I think it's very difficult to you know, look back on that proposal now and, and think back about how realistic or even sensible it was i mean it was it was ill-conceived at the time um uh, and uh i don't think anything like that could ever be proposed again and weirdly hasn't been proposed since 2018 it's funny that no i mean you have experience of this with the green party carrie you seem to do co-leaders very well but i i i think that that proposal implied was a little bit of a trojan horse rather than a genuine proposal it was but I just wonder whether it would be a, a, a way for Ply to address some of the issues that have come out in having co-leaders gives a kind of secondary option for people who've got concerns to go to and addresses some of the issues we've talked about tonight and has, have been written about. The, the role of chair or the role of party president could be uh, reappraised, um, I think, as being a counterweight to the leader's office because... Part of the problem of the leader's office and it, the, the criticisms of the leader's office or the implied criticisms of the leader's office in this report by Neris are not dissimilar to some of the criticisms, fair or unfair, of the leader's office under Leanne. And the problem, therefore, I think that the, the party, the Senate group specifically, has to figure out is how the Senate group and the leader's office integrate with each other um, and and avoid some of the uh, either clique-based thinking or or group think about what is and what isn't appropriate in that relationship. I think that, that is a big issue. It is a big issue. Um, and, and hopefully they'll come up with some kind of creative and, you know, viable solution to, to that. Some of the comments, uh, I think Liz Savile Roberts spoke in the way she spoke about Adam and his legacy you know, it did sound in some ways as a kind of farewell kind of uh, approach. Did you did you think that, Matt, or have you got any thoughts on where we are with Adam's legacy? I mean, realistically, I think his his legacy as leader will have to be one of sort of misjudgment, error, and failure to advance. I think that Adam was gifted this mass growth in Yes Cymru. And, you know, with a membership that was bigger than even Plaid Cymru's party membership. And he sort of failed, I think, to understand exactly why people had grasped hold of the S Cymru movement and then interpreted that as his green light to turn the entire Plaid Cymru 2021 Senate election into an election about independence and about him. There had always been an intention to turn it into a sort of presidential style election. And of course, that that intention did not touch reality 
over the COVID years, because if anybody had really been thinking about what Plaid's political strategy going into the 2021 Senate election should have been, is one that focused on the economic and health challenges as a consequence of the pandemic, not a vague, to many people, constitutional issue, such as independence, and also fighting a presidential election against the man who probably still is, but certainly it was that time, the most well-known man in Wales, let alone the most well-known politician, and a widely liked politician. So why Plaid Cymru didn't have the sort of political dynamism to reshape that campaign? They had months, they knew when that campaign was going to be, and yet they and, they and they knew how popular Mark was, and they knew that independence wasn't going to be a sellable issue on the door. And yet still somehow, under Adam's leadership, they walked straight into failed election campaign in which they made very limited steps forward, you know, if you compare that to the other parties. And I think that electorally anyway, Adam's leadership can't be seen as anything but a failure. And again, you go back to the local elections uh, in last year. Yes, I am sure we had this conversation at the time and people will say, well, Plaid Cymru leads significantly more councils uh, than they did before that election. And, and yes, whilst the colour on the map is now green instead of grey, Plaid Cymru were leading those councils, albeit in coalition or minority-run uh, councils before that point. They made some very small advances in Evro, in an area they have been historically strong, and were able to take those councils. However, in South Wales, where they have his, where they have been trying to break through, they went backwards in in RCT in a, in, a, in a historic way, and I think that is unfortunately what a lot of the legacy of Adam's leadership has has been in in, in political electoral terms, is is maintaining strength in the Evro keeping comfortable and in the, in the in the space you understand talking about issues such as independence which by Cymru voters and people in 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 the row have always been much more comfortable with and much more in favor of yet abandoning the potential votes that they could have won in south wales where where under leanne white has started to really make a step forward and yet they've just retreated and this is what i feel like they've done Plaid retreated Plaid Cymru have retreated into their heartlands where they feel most comfortable and safe and just completely abdicated any responsibility they have when, especially in, in, in other parts of Wales, especially when they purport to be the party of Wales. So that's just dealing with it electorally. So for the prince that was promised, he's delivered very little. And he's certainly not moved, I don't think, the case for Welsh independence. He's certainly not advanced like Cymru's cause. I mean, you can make an argument that the cooperation agreement has done a lot of work in terms of getting Plaid Cymru policies on the statute book, implementing changes that Plaid Cymru would like themselves like to see if they were in government. But I, I, I don't know if, if that's enough. If four and a half years of this grand dynamic change heralded in by the most awkward video we've ever seen on social media, I, 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 I I honestly think Plaid Cymru have gone backwards in the last four and a half years. Rich, I, I notice you grimacing a little <laughs> bit and generally unhappy with that, but I, I'd say that's probably a fair summation. Would you have a different view? 
I'm not going to mount a huge uh, campaign to say that the last five years have been an enormous success for Plaid Cymru. And I would encourage all of our listeners to remember that there is a, a variety of political backgrounds on the podcast and we see things through different uh, lenses from time to time. Uh, so trying to put aside the stuff that we have talked at length about in the report, which is important, but we try and talk about other things. It is important to remember that Plaid Cymru is not in the position that the Welsh Liberal Democrats are in, which is borderline extinction in terms of elected representatives. Plaid Cymru did increase by one their representation in the Senate in the last election. Um, Plaid Cymru has essentially continued to be arguably the think tank for the Welsh Labour government um, and has provided an awful lot of energy in the debate about policy and direction of the uh, government in the Senate and also has brought to the fore some important policies which will have, for some people in Wales, really transformative positive impact and you know the the poster child for that is the free school meal things which you know not everybody is fully supportive of but there will be some families in Wales that will have benefited from that and will continue to benefit of that from years to come so there are good things that have happened in Plaid Cymru over the last few years but most people in the party would hope that there are better times ahead what 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 is ahead? Have you got any kind of thoughts on who may well be putting their hats in the ring for leader? Never mind who might win as leader. I I, I have a few thoughts, but um, you know, in the spirit of um uh, uh of fun, let's 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 do a little roundtable. Matt, do you want to go first? Okay. So I think the rumor mill has started to spin, and I think uh the here I for WhatsApp was ablaze this afternoon as we. I've sort of started to digest some of those rumours. So um, there is a, I believe, uh, there is a rumour that Seanad Williams has uh, got a website ready for her leadership campaign. So I don't think you can necessarily rule out Seanad at this point in time. Uh, I think it's also interesting to note that Kevin Campbell, when asked four times this afternoon by Sky News, refused to rule out uh, standing uh, for leader. You know, obviously, Kevin Campbell has been fairly quiet, even amongst Senate watchers in the last uh, year and a half, as he's a designated member. But at various, you know, various two politicians, so I wouldn't rule out Kevin uh, having a go either. I, I, th- I mean, we're almost taking pot shots. I think that there are a very, very small number of credible candidates, uh, and I know that that will be disappointing to the ambitious uh, members of the Senate in the Plaid Cymru group. But I can't think of more than two or three names that will make it to even a shortlist. I would humbly suggest that those three names uh, would probably be Delith Jewel, Sean Ed Williams, and also I think Mabon. We talked about Mabon earlier. I think that there is, you know, all, almost all of these people are new to the Senate. You've got to remember that, you know, almost the entire group came in, has come in in the last decade. And I don't think that any of them are the finished article yet. But if you if you want me to uh, put my head on the block, um, which, yeah, why not? I'll do it. I think <laughs> I, I I genuinely think that the most likely winner of uh, a leadership election will be Mabon, uh, Mabon up Gwynvor. I think there is there is talent, there is a, a, a very astute mind. Um, but there, you know, frankly, look at the electorate. Who is the electorate for? Um, the Plaid Cymru election is Plaid Cymru members. 
And, you know, if your name ends in Apgwynvor, hmm. then you have a lot of goodwill already, um, uh, 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 no matter what your policy platform is. And I, I just think that you combine those prospects with, um, you know, the brand recognition for Ply Cymru MS is, is pretty low. Let's let's be honest about it. And if your name is Apgwynvor, then you have a heads up on other people. And I don't think it would be right. I think Hrinap Yodweth is charting the right course for him. And I don't think he will be persuaded to change that course. And I think that's the right thing to do. Gary, what are your thoughts on the next uh, leader of Ply Cymru and who the candidates might be? Uh, as you know, someone who's kind of quite well informed in Welsh politics, I know all the names. I'm, I'm looking at them all now. I've worked with a number of them. Um, I'm really impressed by a number. And I think they've, the ones I know most well and have been impressed by aren't, you've assured me, aren't able to or aren't going to stand. But I, I do wonder whether, you know, there's time to reflect here. And I, I do think what I suggested around a shared leadership with someone like Dareth Jewell in the urban southeast and someone like Seaned in the, the more traditional west side of it or a male-female split, I, I think there's an opportunity here for Ply to, to take stock and look at something different. And as you two know, I do go down the radical route and I, I think now's the time that there's a possibility to do that. So... I mean, it'll be a really interesting one, and I'm sure we'll podcast on it this summer. Indeed, I think I think it's important we end tonight's pod in the same way we we started it, sort of by thinking about those who have been affected by what's gone on in in Plaikumri, but also in other political parties and across society as a whole. In, with these sort of incidents, those who've been bullied, harassed, subject to to misogyny, it's part of a wider problem in society. And if anyone is suffering with any of these issues, there are good people you can you can speak to, and we will, uh, I'm sure, attach to a link to to some resources in, in the show notes. But thank you very much for listening. It's a pleasure, as always, to speak to my fellow co-hosts, Richard Martin. Uh, Rich, if people want to find out more from you on Twitter, where can they go? Yeah, you can you can find more predictions that will probably not come to pass uh, at Mimosa Cymru on Twitter. Uh, thank you also to Kerry Davis. Kerry, where can people find you on Twitter? I'm still Kerry the Viking. Wonderful. And you can find uh, more of my insane ramblings about baking bread and politics at Hexter101. And if you've enjoyed what you've heard this evening, please don't forget to find Hereith on all the socials at Pod, or go to our website, www.walespolitics.com. And thank you very much for supporting us with your ears. But if you would like to do so with your wallet, you can go to www.patreon.com forward slash Pod. Thank you for listening to Hereith. If you like what you heard, please don't forget to subscribe, rate and review.